This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast, Rapid Reactions Edition. I'm Rylan Siles and with me for the first time in a long time is Grant Tuttle after the Chiefs 40-26 win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. And let's start out on the first ever regular season edition of the Rapid Reaction Podcast with what really matters. And that's the Tyreek Hill injury. Because for a Chiefs team that has Super Bowl or bust aspirations, a week one win pretty much means nothing for this franchise at the moment. But Tyreek Hill having a collarbone injury means everything. And Grant, we were just reading on Twitter that he was taken to a hospital as soon as the injury happened, and it sounds like it's going to be a significant amount of time that he's going to be. Yeah, so uh, typically collarbone injuries, I believe, are a seven- to nine-week recovery just for uh, the bone to be, uh, to mend itself back together and uh, stuff like that for it to regrow where it needs to go. Um, but then that's not to, to mention that he'll have to sideline himself for a while and he won't be in tip-top football shape. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be likely a long recovery, although the Chiefs are pretty hush-hush about uh, injuries until uh, the last second. Uh, as we saw with Chad Henney and Breland Speaks, they don't like um, – they don't like things getting out uh, about their players until uh, they're ready to give it. Um, and so we'll we'll have to wait and see on Tyreek Hill, but it does seem as though uh, he will miss significant time. So that means Miko Hardman's going to have to show up uh, more than he did today. Yeah, it was, you know, this game was really just a tale of the injuries. I mean, you see Tyreek Hill go down on, a tackle that was more violent than it should have been, but nonetheless, it was fine. Uh, and then you saw Patrick Mahomes roll his ankle, and uh, it, it turned out to be a sprained ankle after the game from Andy Reid. As we all saw, it wasn't too serious. He stayed in the game, but he didn't look like himself. I mean, really, you just wanted to kind of get out of that game after the first quarter because it turned chippy in a hurry, and both teams were fighting and jawing at each other, and you just did not want to have any part of that Jacksonville defense playing angry, uh, playing upset, playing frustrated. Uh, but... It's frustrating. It's frustrating to see that the Chiefs are going to be without Terry Kill for a long time, it seems like. Uh, but luckily, I mean, one, if you had to pick a position for this to happen at, wide receiver is a pretty good one uh, because you have Sammy Watkins, who had a career day, who we're going to talk about pretty soon. You have Travis Kelsey, who's an elite tight end, if not the best tight end in football. You have a, a running back group that you feel confident yeah. in. And you have a quarterback who can elevate that wide receiving room. Uh, and as you mentioned, the rookie, Michael uh, Hardman, who had a great preseason. Uh, and on top of that, you have a pretty easy front schedule. Uh, you know, 
You go to Oakland next week, you're not. You're hopefully not going to need Tariq Hill on that one. Uh, Baltimore's going to be tough at home. They they put on a whooping on the, the Dolphins today. Look pretty good in that, but again, it's the, the Dolphins. The Dolphins are terrible. Uh, Lions, hopefully. Yeah, Lions, hopefully you won't need Tariq Hill against the Lions at all. Uh, and then Colts, Texans. Uh, yeah, that's iffy. Both games are iffy now without Terry Kill in terms of being closer than we originally thought. Uh, and then, of course, uh, the, the Broncos are terrible in Week 7. And then you get to Week 8, and around there we should have a more clear indication of how bad it is, where Terry Kill's at, how many weeks we're out. But that's the Packers, and the Packers looked really good on defense on Thursday night, but they were also playing inept uh, Browns offense. I mean, excuse me, uh, Bears offense. Uh, I mean, the Browns offense tough, looked though. inept it's as tough. well today, so, I mean, it could be whatever. Yes, they did. Uh, I mean, Baker Mayfield had a terrible... Baker didn't look good. Uh, they, uh, the, the Titans are that team that makes everything ugly, and somehow they'll, they'll come out on top, but they made the Browns look extra ugly, and I would have thought that the Browns would have had a better game plan. Uh, and so it's kind of unfortunate that CBS went out, uh, so I couldn't watch... Uh, the ending to the Chiefs game. Instead, I had to watch the Browns and Titans. And yeah, uh, th- it's a good thing that uh, that Patrick Mahomes is our quarterback. Uh, he makes it a lot more fun to watch than what I saw from other teams today. Yeah, and you know the CBS truck was a mess. Apparently, he got hit with like a power outage or something, yeah. and uh, no one was able to watch the end of that Chiefs game. The whole broadcast was down. Uh, but just a little bit more on this Terry Kill injury, and again, this is only the Rapper Reaction Show. We're going to have a full podcast on Monday to digest everything again, but if he's out for eight weeks, I mean, that puts you around the, the week eight mark at the earliest, and the week nine mark, the week ten mark, and, and by then you're playing teams like the Packers, the Vikings, who look good today, but again, I don't trust Kirk Cousins, uh, and then the Tennessee Titans, who, as you said, have a way to just muddy everything up in games that they shouldn't be in. And then from there you play the, the the Chargers. So that stretch of games in November, that's going to be tough, especially if you don't have Terry Kill. Uh, and then not even to mention in December you've got the Patriots, the Bears, the Chargers, uh, if he's not 100% by then. Because, again, the, the collarbone injuries, that's eight weeks just to even have the bone set, as you said, uh, not to mention getting back to playing football at the speed that you're used to, at the strength that you're used to, and all of that. Yeah. Um, I will briefly say, though, that I think that uh, there is a positivity uh, to this that um, you mentioned briefly earlier. Um, The Chiefs have some depth at wide receiver. They have some playmakers all over the field. That's why their offense is so lethal. Maybe their offense will take a step back and won't be quite as lethal as it has been, but um, definitely could be worse. It could be a thing where uh, Patrick Mahomes goes down uh, and is out for significant time, and Matt Moore is the guy leading the offense for the next eight weeks. I mean, it could be much worse. Yep. So uh, while Tyreek Hill is an intricate and important part of the offense, uh, don't mourn the loss of this season because it's it's far from uh, it's far from a, a, a huge problem uh, like another injury could be. The huge problem is going to come in these next eight to nine to ten weeks, however long he's out, is if Sammy Watkins' injury-prone self grows his ugly head. He had a career game today. In fact, he hit the career-high uh, mark for him in the first half. But he's known to be an injury-prone guy, and if he gets hurt during this stretch and misses a game or two, then those wins that you should have against the Lions, the wins you should have against the, the Broncos, 
turn into tougher games to manage when your number one receiver turns into Michael Hardman and you're relying on Demarcus Robinson and guys like that to play the bulk of the football game and carry the offense. But you know, with, with a guy like Mahomes, you just kind of hope that he can elevate that wide receiving room as, as we see the elite quarterbacks do, like Tom Brady and, and guys like that. But, again, Mahomes has a sprained ankle. He should be fine for next week. Uh, they play at 3.05 Kansas City time, Central time, against the Oakland Raiders. Uh, uh, Nick Foles broke his collarbone as well, uh, so he'll be out a for a long time. Uh, he'll be out about it eight weeks. It was a clavicle. It wasn't clavicle, his, uh, uh, it wasn't his uh, collarbone. It ended up being his clavicle, which uh, I don't know. I'm not a doctor or anything close to it, so I couldn't tell you how what the difference is in severity. So um, that's the report coming out of uh, Jacksonville anyway. But the story of today's game in terms of on the field, you know, and away from the injuries, of course the injuries happen on the field too, but away from the injuries is Sammy Watkins. He got to the end zone three times, put up like, a what was it, 198 198. yards. I mean, he just looked like an, an insane football player on the field. He had a long of 68 targeted 11 times, caught nine passes. He looked elite, and he looked back to his, uh, really his college self, where, where you saw the potential to him, of him, and you saw that he could be an elite number one receiver in this football league, and Mahomes and him had great chemistry. Yeah. As long as he stays healthy, I think this is the Sammy Watkins that they're going to get. Yeah, and I, uh, that they had been saying uh, out of Chiefs camp, they had been saying things like, oh, well, Sammy Watkins is, is in the best shape of his life. But you hear that every offseason. Um, you hear that so-and-so looks better than ever before, and a lot of times that's not true. But I think maybe in this case uh, with Sammy Watkins, perhaps he is in the best shape of his life. Maybe he has uh, done something throughout the offseason to try to get himself right so he can stay healthy and on the field. And he looked quick, I've got to say. I, I thought that I've seen I've seen him be... Uh, how he was in college and stuff like that, and it looked closer to that than I've seen anything of him in the pros. Uh, he he looked really nimble on the sidelines. They they tried to knock him out of bounds a couple times, and he just took one quick step inside and just left his guys. Um, so I thought that was very impressive from Watkins. Uh, he looked like a man among boys. He cut that last touchdown pass on Jalen Ramsey. Uh, I don't know if you saw from Adam Teicher after the game, uh, it definitely was chippy because <laughs> the first thing that Frank Clark said after the game was that he had more interceptions than Jalen Ramsey. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, the Jaguars and the Chiefs have a little bit of bad blood uh, that was portrayed today, but definitely the story of the day is Sammy Watkins. Yeah, and, you know, I can't stand the Jaguars. I, I can't stand that defense. I think that they're overrated. Uh, but nonetheless... Uh, Sammy Watkins had a great game, and you know if you if you shift over now to Patrick Mahomes, uh, who took the league by storm last year and continued that in the first quarter before he got rolled up on on his ankle. A note I have, you know, on my notepad was that that whole line you've been getting from Chiefs camp during training camp in the preseason of Mahomes really taking his footwork seriously and working on that. You could really tell the difference in his game this year. Uh, before the ankle injury, of how well he did in the pocket, moving around, throwing the football, standing in the pocket. You know, he was really good footwork-wise, again, before the ankle injury. Well, it's it's a matter of pocket presence as well. And I think the biggest difference for me was that he 
doesn't he he doesn't panic as much as he did last season. Uh, last season he would try to tuck it and run to the outside and throw up a, a deep ball, and that's exciting football to watch, but also not the most productive way of doing things. So I thought that that was maybe the most impressive thing about Mahomes is that he does look more like an NFL-caliber quarterback than he did last year, and last year he was the MVP of the entire league. So, yeah, I think he's better, um, and I, I think that the ankle injury – debilitated him a little bit but it didn't make him look like it it was kind of like one of those uh Aaron Rodgers things where Aaron Rodgers would go out for a a series and people would be like oh no it's the end because Aaron Rodgers is banged up and then he came back in and was just he was just a little worse but he was still Aaron Rodgers so he was able to lead them to a victory I feel like that's where we're at with Patrick Mahomes right now as long as his his uh ankle injury doesn't get any worse. Uh, I think that we will be just fine, especially for the next upcoming weeks. As, as you said, it doesn't seem like a terribly difficult schedule. Uh, maybe a couple scrappy opponents, but not anything that's going to um, throw this off course. Yeah, and they finally did take Mahomes out of the game, uh, but I thought he got out of the game a little bit too late. I mean, he should have never taken a, taken a snap in the fourth quarter of this football game but nonetheless that offensive line was god-awful today that was the worst offensive line performance that they've had in Mahomes's tenure given a short tenure it was just it seemed like they're having trouble on the edges um which is different because normally Mitch Schwartz is so um is so solid on the right side and Eric Fisher is always a little bit questionable but always pretty serviceable um I will be watching the tape um, once we get the um, the All-22. And I will be watching to see that, and I'll have an article coming out at arrowheadaddict.com um, talking about what happened in Jacksonville and what to look forward to in Oakland. Uh, so stay tuned for that. But, um, yeah, I, I'd like to re-watch that uh, and see what exactly the issue was. Uh, it seemed as though they had some definite troubles on the edges um, a couple times, I think they might have got away with an offsides. Uh, they were getting really good jumps on the ball, and I don't know if that's because Mahomes was predictable in his snap counts or what exactly it was. Also, I thought it was interesting that uh, Andy Reid didn't pull out any of his uh, kind of evil genius kind of football plays. It didn't seem like there were anything where he was sending people in motion that were uh, – all in a cluster formation, moving them all over the field like he normally does. It seems like he played them pretty straightforward, which means that he probably has more in his back pocket that he just has not shown anybody yet. Yeah, and I love that about about Andy Reid for this. I mean, he, before he'd always break it out in the first game, and he's kind of like a, a kid with a new tool. He can't wait to play with it. But you're better than the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jacksonville Jaguars have hopes of going 9-7. and seven. You have hopes of going to the Super Bowl. You don't need to pull out all of your fancy gadgets in week one in Jacksonville. Dominate them the way you did today and save those for week 13 or whatever, whenever you play New England and and you're in Gillette Stadium, week 14, I should say, whenever they're in Gillette Stadium. Uh, Save them for Chicago. Uh, Save them for Green Bay. Uh, Save them for Houston. Uh, Don't pull them out against Oakland next week or Jacksonville. Uh, Just save them. That's what Bill Belichick always does with his defenses. He he comes up with these creative blitzes, these these creative uh, zones, and these creative packages, and he doesn't use them against teams like Washington or teams like uh, you know Cincinnati. Uh, he uses them against good teams and good opponents. So I love the fact that we didn't see anything new because you're right. Even though we didn't see anything new, 
you know for a fact Andy Reid has something new to give this season, as he always does. And so it's just staying in his back pocket, staying there and waiting to get deployed. Yeah, so definitely I, all of what you said is true. Um, LaShawn McCoy looked very good. Uh, people were saying that they didn't like the signing, and I didn't really fully understand that. I guess that if you drafted Damian Williams on your fantasy team like I did, uh, maybe that was kind of a sad thing for you to realize. But LaShawn McCoy looks a little bit like the LaShawn McCoy that was in Philadelphia. Maybe not quite as fast, but definitely just as quick and just as smooth. Um, so there's a lot of things to like on the offense. Now, on the defense, there's a lot of things still very, very, very bad. Um, Gardner Minshew came into the game after Nick Foles went out. Now, given the Chiefs weren't game planning for Gardner Minshew, they were game planning for Nick Foles. But Minshew went 22 of 25 for 200. You shouldn't have to game plan for Gardner Minshew. No, you definitely shouldn't have to. Gardner Minshew went 22 of 25 for 275 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. I mean, three incompletions and 275 yards for a guy from Washington State that was drafted in the sixth round? Give me a break. I mean, like, they, the Chiefs, I thought maybe we're going to take a step in the right direction, and maybe they still will. Maybe they just have to gel and figure some things out. But, man, DJ Chark had four receptions for 146 yards and a touchdown. DJ Chark! Like, these aren't all-stars. This isn't a good offense. I'm nervous about, like, when we face a good offense, can the Chiefs do anything? Were they playing soft the whole time on purpose? I just did not enjoy watching the defense. It made me uncomfortable, and I totally understand why Chiefs fans are a little bit disgruntled after this game because people are hurt. The defense looked bad. I mean, um yeah, it's a little bit nerve-wracking, but I remember a season when Andy Reid and the Chiefs went, wasn't it 1-4 in, in the first five games and then ended up winning like nine straight or something like that. So, I mean, it's a it's an uphill battle at the beginning of the season. Uh, but, yeah, definitely the defense did not look good today. It was the Chris Conley revenge game today with six receptions and 97 yards. The pass rush, which... I expected to be one of the best in the league, was dreadful today. I mean, they, they could not bust through that Jacksonville offensive line. Frank Clark wasn't very good in, in the pass rush. Chris Jones wasn't very good in the pass rush. They had a, a very solid run defense. I, I liked what I saw from the run defense. Uh, but given the fact that their pass rush was lackluster and that they have two legitimate NFL cornerbacks, one of which is one of whom is suspended for this game in the next four, I believe. So it's rough, and it's going to be rough. And whatever improvements uh, you hope to see, you didn't see them tonight. Uh, maybe we'll see them later on as, as the defense gets more comfortable with the new system that they're running. But the biggest issue was the pass rush, because that pass rush can help the secondary. The pass rush can help make move things along. But as you said, and as I said on the preview uh, podcast this week, one of the three that I did this week, was the fact that this offense is not elite by any means. It's not even good. I would not consider this a good offense. You have D.D. Westbrook, who you actually contain for 5 and 30, uh, and then you have Leonard Fournette, who's, who's a decent running back, but again, gets a lot of hype due to his size and his build, but even at LSU and even at now Jacksonville, he hasn't really proven anything in terms of being an elite running back. Uh, you have D.J. Chark, who has the size, but again, not, not a good wide receiver, you know, not an elite wide receiver by any means. And then Chris Conley, we know what Chris Conley is. He's a solid player, not a good one. And then the quarterbacks, even if you got their starting quarterback, you had to play Nick Foles. 
who went five for eight for 75 yards, and you took him out on a beautiful yeah. touchdown throw to DJ Chark. And then you let a six-round pick come in and look yeah. at the second coming of Tom Brady. I mean, it's ridiculous that this is the same problem that the Chiefs have had over and over and over again, giving up third and 18s whenever you could have stopped that possession that led to a touchdown drive. Yeah, I mean, it it's just like, ridiculous. Um, like I said, I'm going to look at the All-22 when it comes out, but the, the, the biggest issue that I saw was not Kendall Fuller, even though he's the one that gave up that big, long touchdown that uh, Nick Foles threw. Uh, he was pretty much on everybody. He might have been a tick late a couple times, but it seems like it was Kendall Fuller and a bunch of guys, just kind of like it was last year. And um, I'm kind of I'm, I'm I'm uneasy, and I think that Chiefs fans have every right to be critical of uh, Brett Veach's handling of the cornerback situation until something changes, and it definitely hasn't yet. Uh, Morris Claiborne comes back after his suspension, but like we need change now. I mean, we like we're. In the AFC, you got to face off against the Patriots again. They just added Antonio Brown. Now, if Antonio Brown ever plays football, I have no idea. He might just fade off and nobody know where he went. Like, he's he's kind of just all over the place. Uh, that's his character. He's kind of a clown. Um, who knows? But they added Antonio Brown to an already talented receiving core with Edelman and uh, Gordon and they have those two running backs. I mean, Tom Brady's no uh, spring chicken, as we would say in Nebraska, but um, definitely when you have those kind of targets uh, and you ha- you're just as capable at uh, executing um, reads as uh, Brady was last year, I think that that's dangerous. And if the Chiefs have any inkling of going to the Super Bowl, they're going to have to at least contain some of those players. They were not able to contain Gardner Minshew and a bunch of guys today. And so that is very, very frightening as a Chiefs fan. We'll see if it gets better. They play Oakland. They should have some kind of rebound, I would hope, um, on the defensive side of the ball. Now, maybe they'll play better on at, at home on defense, but that's not – we can't rely on that. So – um, we'll just have to uh, we'll have to wait and see, I guess. Yeah, and this is a quote from uh, Chiefs head athletic trainer Rick Burkholder. Terry Kill left the game with an injury where he landed on his shoulder, and he has a sternoclavicle joint injury. So we'll see what that means. This entire press release is literally just about who operated who not operated. That's a bad word to use. Who evaluated him? And the fact that the NFL does a great job of handling these medical issues. So it literally gave no information besides the fact that it's a sternal clavicle joint injury. That's all we know right now at, what time is it, 4.05 Central Standard Time as we record this podcast. Uh, doesn't sound too good, uh, but that's the official injury. It's a sternal clavicle injury. Uh, again, it, it, it went from a game where you felt so much excitement whenever the offense was was cooking and everything looked like last year. It looked like we were putting last year on repeat and the Chiefs were going to run away with this football game and everything was joyous. Sammy Watkins was dancing all over the field. Mahomes was back to MVP form. And it ends with Mahomes having a bum ankle, uh, Terry Hill possibly being out 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 weeks. You never know what's going to happen in the NFL, but... It's a it's a crappy way to end week one on a season where you're hoping to get to the Super Bowl. But, again, no cause for concern just yet, especially at that position. I mean, this isn't as disastrous as it could be. 
as long as Watkins can stay healthy, which is a big if, that receiving room is still yeah. very good. So really, I mean, the the things to watch going forward um, is can they sustain this offense even with injury, which we haven't had in two years. We haven't seen any major injuries uh, that have held um, – playmakers out of the game other than Sammy Watkins of course but I mean you have like Tyreek Hill and uh, Travis Kelsey to fall back on I think that's a pretty darn good fallback plan um, but we'll have to see that the one thing that the Chiefs did a lot better this year to start off is there weren't as many penalties the the Chiefs were the most penalized team in the NFL last year so I have to uh, call a spade a spade and say that the Chiefs looked better in that regard they looked more disciplined uh, which is a good thing so be happy about that um, but the defense doesn't look good. They allowed 428 total yards to the Jacksonville Jaguars and Gardner Minshew, uh, Washington State uh, product, who, um, in my opinion, I didn't think was going to get drafted this year. But he did uh, by the Jaguars, and maybe so. Maybe he's the next He's the next coming of Tom Brady or uh, Ben Roethlisberger or some quarterback that's going to surprise everybody. Um, but um, I, I don't believe he is at this time and the Chiefs have to be a lot better yeah you give up 428 yards and your offense which is a super offense and the best offense in the NFL accrued 491 yards so they didn't have that many total yards more than what you gave up to the Jacksonville Jaguars who have a bottom half of the league offense but those are our rapid reactions again this week We'll have our normal show to preview uh, the Chiefs, recap this weekend, and then preview the Chiefs' upcoming week. Uh, two shows this week, as always, during the regular season. Uh, Grant, do you have any final reactions or takeaways from the Chiefs' 40-26 to win B- over the Jacksonville Jaguars? B-R-E-A-T-H-E. Everybody breathe. It's okay. It was kind of a, I mean, we won the game. That's that's the main thing. We're we're starting one and zero. We're not zero and one. Tyreek Hill is out uh, for however long. Patrick Mahomes uh, has a tweaked ankle, but we're going to keep going forward. Uh, I will be taking a look, like I said, at the All Twenty Two when it comes out. I have an article for you at ArrowheadAddict.com. Check out some of the great works there. Um, but yeah, I'll have to look and see what the problem was with the defense, and there will be an article that says something about it uh, and what was right with the offense. Uh, so stay tuned for that and check out all the great works there at Arrowhead Addict. There is seriously no better place uh, to uh, read Chiefs content. Um, there's uh, there's all kinds of articles. I know that Matt Connor uh, busts his butt every day to uh, fix people's articles and adjust articles so they're just right for the day and the topic and what's hot on the news aisle for the day. So, uh, yeah. Check out arrowheadaddict.com, and uh, I'll have something for you later this week. And again, you can find the Chiefs Arrowhead Addict podcast on Tuesdays and Thursdays every single week. Again, game day permitting on what they plan on Thursday. We'll probably release it on a Monday and a Wednesday. But that's your usual schedule. It's going to be Tuesday and Thursday. Last week was a fun week. If you want to go back and listen to the Chiefs season preview, the NFL season preview, uh, or for some reason the Jacksonville preview, if you just want to see what I said about this game before it happened. But uh, it's going to be a fun week. It's going to be a fun season for the Chiefs. Uh, it doesn't feel too good right now, even after a win. This is probably the most uh, 
how would you put it, the, the, the saddest feeling after a win is whenever one of your star players goes down with an injury and you're just hoping for the best. But luckily, it happens now, and he should, I mean, again, he should be fine by the playoffs, and that's what really matters for this season. The Chiefs, even without Tariq Hill, are in no danger of missing the playoffs, uh, so hopefully he can be back by then, and they can still make their run at the Super Bowl. But we thank you for joining us on the first Rapid Reaction podcast of the regular season. You can find these episodes every Monday, Thursday, or Sunday whenever the Chiefs play, quickly after the Chiefs end their game. So again, it's been fun. Thank you, Grant, for joining me. Glad to have you back. And you can find us on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can find Grant on Twitter at Grant T-M-N Tuttle. And thank you all for listening. Be good and be good to another. This has been the Arrowhead Attic Podcast as a part of the Fan Side of Podcasting Network. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.